Welcome to the Tear Talk Podcast with author, coach, and speaker, Mashani Allen. Known as the Golden Scribe, Mashani has over two decades of writing experience, and her passion for the craft has given her the opportunity to impart wisdom, affirmation, hope, and confidence into many. Let's listen now as Mashani delves into topics that have impacted her on her Tear Talk journey and helped her discover the power of the pen. Welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome to the Tear Talk podcast. So glad that you joined on today. I was thinking about last week's episode and I felt as though I had to have somewhat of a part two. So last week I spoke about, I spoke about stop signs and how you don't want to be your own stop sign, meaning that you don't want your fears, your doubts, your worries, your concerns, your insecurity to cause you to stop, to cause you to come to a halt when it's not necessary, when nothing is blocking you, when nothing is stopping you. It's just you being in your own head. And I know for me personally, there have been times that I was almost my own stop sign. There was literally nothing stopping me, blocking me. There was nothing on the road with me, i.e. competing with me. I had access to everything. But in my mind, in my thoughts, I was limiting myself. And I've, I have been a stop sign before and I have almost become a stop sign. But I've had a few conversations with people about the podcast and I started thinking about how the stop sign thought process that I shared was mainly about internal. It was mainly about you and your thoughts. But I also felt as though it would be fair if I came and I also spoke about other people's thoughts. And I was reminded of a post that I had done on Facebook. This was some years ago and actually I I just pulled it up and this was actually March 16th of 2018. So we are looking at four years ago. Um, And it's, I, I just, for me, my, the way my mind works is in parallel. So I can just think of something very unique and still find a really um, interesting concept to go along with it. And one morning I woke up and I started thinking about raid cans and I know that's strange and no, my house did not have bugs, <laughs> but I was just thinking of the tagline, you know, that comes with a raid can and you know, their whole premises, it kills on contact. And I started thinking about that when it comes to people and when it comes to their words and when it comes to their opinions and when it comes to their thought process, how some people can respond, you know, when you begin to share. And what I wrote was this, watch out for those who hold raid cans in your life. The minute you share a dream, a word, a goal, a revelation, an idea, or an aspiration. They shoot it dead on contact with their words of doubt, fear, unbelief, and disregard. They see it as small, insignificant, and a pest. Though the words are odorless, they are full 
of power. They try to kill, stifle, and derail you immediately. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) But then I also wrote, don't allow your mouth to be a raid spout. So you can be a raid for yourself or people can be a raid can for you. And I have so many moments and memories of when I was just what I consider to be on a thousand about an idea, about a dream, about, you know, something I wanted to do. And I messed around and told the wrong person. And from being full of zeal and passion and energy and excitement, one conversation left me with my her my head swirling, questioning, doubting, fearing, all of those things because I can now, you know, apply it to their mouth became a raid can for me. And it literally, you know, tried to kill that idea, that um passion on, on contact. And in some situations it did. And in others, I was able to (laughs) breathe life back into it and revive it. But even when I was thinking about coming on and doing this podcast about raid cans, I also didn't want to limit a raid can being to being to people because some systems can be a raid can. They are so rigid and they are so stiff that they don't allow room for something fresh and something new. But also um, platforms can be a raid can because sometimes, you know, social media can be a place where, you know, you can have ideas and you can be excited, but you might see someone else is doing it. Or you might feel as though you're not qualified because what you see other people doing, you know, or you can listen to the news or you can listen to different um, podcasts and it can be so dreary and it can be so just like there's no hope and why are we even trying? And, you know, you can all those things, you know, if we if we don't govern ourselves accordingly, they can become raid cans in our life. And they can just begin to kill things on contact, things that um, we desire to be alive and breathing. You know, it can kill it on contact. And even, you know, us coming out of COVID, you know, COVID for some people became a, a, a full on raid can. You know, it, it just it just took the life out of a lot of a lot of dreams and a lot of passions and it definitely took away a lot of people's hope but you know you can choose the perspective that you have and you can choose to try again you can choose to believe again you can choose to hope again and i know that covid impacted people significantly differently And I'm not taking away from the grief of it. And I'm not taking away from the pain of it. And I'm not even taking away from the loss. I acknowledge that that does exist and that it is very, very real. But you can choose whether or not it will be a raid can for you. 
And I have found one of the best ways to stop people and systems from being a raid can is by limiting the amount of access that you give them. Um, when you when you have someone who everything that comes out of their mouth is negative, um, they just don't know how to be positive. That might not be the person that you want to run to with a brand new business idea when you've tried business before and it hasn't been fruitful for you. When you are at a particular age in life and there are people who feel as though once you reach certain ages, you shouldn't aspire for different things. You shouldn't aspire for different goals. You shouldn't aspire for different professions or, you know, different degrees or, you know, some people feel as though by a certain age in life, you need it. If you haven't achieved it by now, you know, you shouldn't even try. You know, why would you want a degree at 60? Why would you want to get married at 55? That is some people's opinion. And if you know that, it might be in your best interest (laughs) not to share that dream or that goal or that passion because you want to continue to cultivate and cause the incubator on the inside of you to continue to speak life to that which you desire to birth. And as excited as you can be, you also have to be mindful of who you tell and when you tell. Uh, I am of the opinion that some things just need to be seen. It doesn't need to be talked about. You can be doing everything in the background. I believe in having, you know, a circle of people that you share things with. But for others, they just need to see it because sometimes we have shared so much and nothing we have said has happened yet. So therefore, people believe that it's not going to happen and you just kind of live, you know, in the clouds. So they don't have the same um, belief or the same faith that you have for these things. And that's perfectly fine and okay. You just have to determine within yourself that whether you have support or not, if this is a dream, if this is a passion, if this is a goal, if this is a desire, you should pursue it, especially if you believe it, that it's something that God has given you to do. And I understand the desire because I did speak last week about cheerleaders and I know the beauty of having cheerleaders in your life. Those who will, you know, encourage you, those who will support you, those who will, you know, back you and what you do. But I also understand everyone doesn't have cheerleaders, even though it may be, and then everybody doesn't desire it. So At the end of the day, you have to be your biggest cheerleader. You have to be your biggest proponent. You have to be your biggest source of encouragement and empowerment. You have to be that for you. And anyone who does that outside of you, be extremely thankful for them because it's not something that everyone has. And when you are desiring to do something, you know, we just live in a world where everyone doesn't see things the way that you do. Everyone doesn't have the same passion or the same zeal or the same desire or the same outlook or even the same perspective of life. 
and in places where you find so much joy and so much fulfillment and so much enrichment, someone else can look at that situation and be like, I mean, I don't even know why you're doing that. You know, your pay is only this, you know, or I don't even know why you're doing that. You're not achieving a status. So for some people, that's not the goal. (laughs) And I remember um, my twin sister said something to me and I ended up sharing this with one of my students this week, how you have to find your own definition of success. Because everyone's definition of success isn't the same. And I remember I was a makeup artist for a few years. And some people found that to be very odd because I had a bachelor's degree. And at the same time, I was working on a master's degree. So why would you be a makeup artist while working on a master's? And what they weren't able to see was first of all, the level of joy that I had while doing it because it fed the creative side on the inside of me. But I also ended up being a ministering makeup artist, which is something that I had never heard of. It was something that I had never seen and I didn't even know it existed, but I would literally (laughs) be doing people's makeup And then have to redo the whole application because they literally crying in tears from the different things that I'm sharing with them. And it just, it just brought a level of fulfillment in a way that I can't, you can't put a value on, on things like that. When you can meet a complete stranger and they sit in your chair and they just start talking about their life and they open up their heart to you and you being able to say something or express something or share something that goes deep down into their core and touches them in a very sensitive place and a very vulnerable place. And they walk away in inspired and changed and hopeful and full of faith and full of love and full of just awakened in a fresh new way. You can't, you can't put a price on that. And I had more than my share of conversations of people trying to encourage me to do something else. But I knew that that is what I was to be doing because the the testimonies kept coming. And it, it's, it's not that I was trying to, I wasn't purposefully, I was really trying to do makeup. But when I began to have conversations with, with people, I just become this empowerment coach and this encouragement coach and this motivational coach. It just pours out of me. And in that time, it was pouring out of me while I was doing makeup. And if I had not done the makeup, I would have never written my book, The Beauty of Holiness, a makeover from the inside out. So some people can unknowingly be killing something bigger than you even know it's happening. And this is why you have to have your own resolve and you have to make up in your mind what you feel is best for you outside of people. And I've, I've shared this story twice or this testimony, and I might as well share it here because I hadn't even thought about it in years. 
Um, and when I'm talking, this is probably back in 2009, 2010 um, when this happened. But there was a young lady who had come by the counter a couple of times because the makeup line that I work for, we would make the foundation from scratch, which was like I would make the concealer from scratch. I would make the powder from scratch. I would make the liquid foundation from scratch. And my whole mindset was to make it look like skin. So when I would make your foundation, I would get it to where when you applied it, it looked like your exact skin color. So this was really, you know, I never knew I had an eye for color like that to where I understood undertones and I knew how to mix it. You know, especially people have blue undertones as opposed to green undertones. And then some people had mixed undertones. So it just, I wasn't taught technically color, but I learned that it was a talent that I had. So people would come by, but it, it did have a price tag at, attached to it. So sometimes people will have to wait <laughs> till they got their funds together before they could then be able to buy it. But we customized it. So there was one particular young lady who would walk by at different times, but she never sat at the counter. And I remember I had ended up going to a service and the person wanted to know after the service if I wanted to get the speaker's book. And at first I didn't want it, but then I was like, I'm going to get it, but I know that the book isn't for me. And when I got to the counter that day, there was no one there. So I positioned the book by the register so no one could tell that I was reading. So I'm highlighting the book. I'm enjoying the book. And then this is the day that the young lady decides that she wants to sit in the chair to get her makeup done. Now I have a complete attitude. <laughs> Mind you, I'm supposed to be working anyway. And I'm like, man, I got to put the book down. So I put the book down and she sits in my chair and we just start talking. And she starts saying that she's been dating this guy, but she doesn't know if he's the one. And mind you, the whole time this is happening, I'm applying makeup. And I was like, well, are you handling the relationship godly? And she was like, no. And I was like, well, you know, that is one way to determine if he's the one, because if you start handling it godly, either he's going to stay or he's going to go. And, you know, we kept talking and talking and then it was, she was paying for her product. And it's like, I heard, give her the book and I wasn't done with the book. So I also had a CD of the sermon, but I knew the CD was for my friend Shamika. But since I wasn't done with the book, I tried to give the young lady the CD. So the minute I handed her the CD, I heard the book. I said, you know, I'm so, so, so sorry. Can you give me that CD back? <laughs> I said, God wants me to give you this book. So I gave her the book and then I gave my friend Shamika the CD. And my friend Shamika CD was, I mean, my friend Shamika was extremely blessed by the CD. And the next day the girl came back to the counter and she told me, that that morning her mother had prayed for her to meet someone that she would listen to because she wouldn't listen to her mother. And she said, that's the day she sat in my chair and that when she went home, she read the book in three hours and how she had already begun to make the adjustments 
to rededicate her life to Christ and to begin to live a life of purity. And that just blesses me on so many levels. Because if I would have allowed the words of others to make me feel I was out of place to be so quote unquote educated, but being a makeup artist, I could have totally missed that moment. And there is no amount of degrees that could have lined up to the impact that that conversation had on that young lady. And people can be innocent and how they feel about how you live your life and the choices that you make. But at the end of the day, you have to do what is best for you. And that could have been a raid can that could have totally allowed me to miss that moment. And I cherish that moment and many others like that. And I understand my life is definitely unique and different, but I felt that I should share that testimony with you because it totally could have been missed based on trying to do things that other people thought that I should be doing. And I have many, many more stories like that. But I say all that to say, be very, very mindful of people being a raid can in your life, but also be mindful of you not being a raid can for your life or even the lives of others. Even if people choose to do something outside of the norm, What does it hurt? As long as they're not doing anything to hurt themselves or damage themselves, what does it hurt to be a support for people? Because you never know who or what is on the other side of their obedience. I thank you all so much for joining today's podcast. And I pray that the next time that a podcast is uploaded, that you decide to press play. Thank you for joining the Tear Talk podcast. You can purchase today's featured t-shirt and learn more about Mashani by visiting MashaniAllen.com. Also, check out her exclusive line of custom journals at bit.ly forward slash the golden scribe.